Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi. We're live at Mohawk Chevrolet in Clifton Park, right off Route 9. Uh, and man, it's it's good to be back at Mohawk Chevrolet, our presenting sponsor here on Honorado and Bagnardi. I wish I could say that it's good to be talking some football on a Monday, but what did I say to you last week when we had Steve Levy on that Monday and Tuesday were what after your team loses? Horrible. I don't yeah. remember your exact words. I don't listen no. when you talk most no, of the time. No, you don't. Um, usually the worst days of the week. That's it. All right. And I know we're having some Wi-Fi issues. That's that's the reason for our delay uh, to the start of the, the show here is we're behind. <laughs> I know our tech person, Ashley Miller, is with us here as well. Let's get into things here and maybe we'll clear some stuff up. You're watching Honorado and Bagnardi. In this case, two is not better than one. Who are any of these guys? You're doubling it. You're doubling it. That's major. They were the best team last year, and they just got a whole lot better. This is Honorado and Bagnardi. Driven by Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet. And we're live at Mohawk Chevrolet, our presenting sponsors here on Honorado and Bagnardi. I've got a beautiful new blazer waiting for me in the parking lot that I'm going to take care of this week bag. So it's going to be fun to uh, jump into a, a Mohawk Chevy vehicle this week. Let's talk about the game. So yesterday, last night, and I tweeted it like, what's with all the field goals? And I, I, I always, you, you just don't win games kicking field goals against good quarterbacks, let alone Hall of Fame quarterbacks, which of course is what Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are, and Green Bay and Buffalo, boy, followed similar paths close to the end zone, and they're settling for field goals. Yeah, so where do you want to really start here? You want to start with the field goal by the pack. Can we get that over with? Okay, well, let's do it, because obviously we both think that was the wrong decision, right? What's going through your head when they decide, and they're not going to go for it on fourth down, they're going to take the three, cut it down to a six-point game where if they could score, they would then probably win the game, right? Yeah, well, they're down five with five. the field goal. Right? Five after the field goal, right. So what's what's going through your head at that point? I'm thinking, well, we're probably not going to get the ball back <laughs> is what I'm thinking. That I just I understood the strategy because you're putting yourself in a position where you're going to win the game now with a touchdown as opposed to, at the very best, tie the game. I, I get all of that. And so I know Matt LaFleur was thinking that. The problem is that works with quarterbacks on the other side who aren't named Tom Brady. You give him the ball back and an opportunity to get a couple of first downs and the game's over, and that's exactly what he did. I, I texted it to Ashley last night. Like, yeah, it's not terrible strategy, but it is when you consider Brady's on the other side. You can't think to yourself, well, we're going to get the ball back. You have to play it the other way. You have to play from a, a point of desperation and think we're not going to get this ball back, so we need to score now. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's pretty obvious. I was upset rooting for the Packers that they didn't go for it there on fourth down. I mean, it's not like it was fourth and 15 or fourth and 20. It's very manageable. You're right there at the end zone. You've got to go for it. Um, so I'm with you. In the regular season, that's probably okay. Against yeah. another quarterback or against another team, that's probably okay. Now, look, a coach is making a decision based on the entirety of the game. And if this was a defensive struggle type of game, then maybe that comes into play. Here's Not even take Tom Brady out of the equation and just say, look, our defense is playing so well. We're so confident we're going to get the ball back. Well, no. Look how many points he had already allowed. So I didn't get it at the time. I still don't get it, and I understand why you're upset. Well, and, and here's my problem. Matt LaFleur, after the game, his defense was, well, the defense had been playing so well. We just had three straight possessions where we intercepted Tom Brady. My thought, I'm a law of averages guy, and I know people smarter than me are going to say, yeah, but that's not how you should look at it. If I'm Matt LaFleur, you just said, look at the entirety of the game. I'm not. I'm looking at every single possession as a case-by-case -case thing. I'm not looking at the trends of the game at all. What I know is that Tom Brady's the best quarterback to ever play this game. I don't care that he's thrown interceptions on three straight possessions. At some point, he's going to burn me in this second half, and I don't want to risk that. And Green Bay says, yeah, but but maybe he, he turns it over again, or maybe 
our defense has been so good. I'm not risking it. The first half showed us that he can figure out this defense, and he did when it was money time to nobody's surprise. Yeah, and here's the problem I, that I have with that is that's not looking at the entirety of the game like you have to. You know, those last three possessions before that, you're talking about a close game, a game that's getting it, getting closer, where they, they have to keep playing football. Now the whole goal is changing here. It's get a first down. So it's you're going to stop Tom Brady from getting one first down when that's all they really need to get. So that's why yeah. I didn't like it. Um, so, no, that's not looking at the entirety of the game like I think they should have. That's being sort of a prisoner of the moment of, well, we're playing well the last few possessions, but, but now the strategy has changed. So I didn't like it. Still don't like it, man. And I'm I'm sorry for your team, but guess what, man? Tom Brady's going back to the Super Bowl. A tenth time, and I think Jeff's right. You see at the bottom of your screen, you're, you're trusting your defense over your Hall of Fame quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, which just doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm with the rock man here. Bucks cheated, right? You know what? When your team loses, you, you, you just kind of default to that the way the rock man does. You said it, Bags. Brady's 43 years old. First time with this franchise, right? First season with this franchise, and he's going to the Super Bowl. You predicted the Bucks to make the Super Bowl, did you not? I did. And did you have them winning it? No, I had them being beat Ravens. by the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Well, I did a bank on it that the that Tampa Bay would get to the Super Bowl. So we're, we're at least both feeling better about those predictions, maybe. Yeah, um, we went way out on a limb taking Tom Brady to get to a Super Bowl. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And and what can you say? I mean, he's he's now made even more history because the Buccaneers are the first team in NFL history to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. He said it last night. Like, yeah, anytime you can be the first to do something in this sport, it's pretty cool. Tom Brady's been the first to do a lot of things in this sport. And we'll get into it later on in the show. The comments from Aaron Rodgers last night post game were very interesting, and has everybody today talking about maybe that was his last time wearing a Packers uniform. I think there's some validity to that belief, uh, based on what he said and the way he's quote been treated by this organization, drafting Jordan Love last year. But I will say that I think I think there's a little bit of him. Um, he knows what he's doing. It feels a little bit like a Jedi mind trick, and I'll explain that later on in the show as we talk about whether or not we think Rodgers really is done with Green Bay. Uh, the okay. AFC Championship game, do you got any more on the NFC? No, that's fine. Nope, I'll weigh in. Uh, well, okay, we should touch on one thing, I suppose, uh, that pass interference call. Okay, yes. Because, you know, Rodgers called it a bad call. It's not a bad call. It is pass interference, right? I mean, when you see a jersey being held, being pulled, whether or not that ball – Catchable, I think, is something that it's it's too close to call it that. The uncatchable ball has to be something that's so obvious, right? That's that's the only time we really see that coming into play. Yep. And that wasn't the case. This would have been close enough if he didn't get held up. You know, he jumps at it, whatever. Um, so I'm I'm more on um, now. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say that you gotta you gotta just call it consistently, and that's going to be your big problem here. That was. Not pass interference maybe earlier and that it is late and that can't be. And I understand that. You're right. You want a game called consistently. But at the end of the day, looking at just that call, that is 100% pass interference. You've got to make that call. No doubt. I don't disagree with you. It was pass interference. And I would have felt better about it if they'd been calling all game. And I tweeted this. And I, I am not an emotional tweeter. I don't tweet during games. Um, but I did it last night because – the Packers got screwed on a PI call that wasn't the flag that wasn't thrown at the end of the first half. It leads to that touchdown at the end of the first half. Rodgers threw an interception because there was pass interference on Allen Lazard. He got pulled, and Murphy Bunting is able to get the interception at the end of the first half. It leads to a Buccaneers touchdown. It changed really the complexion of that game. So if you're not going to throw the flag there, bags, I don't want it thrown at the end of the game either. And and they had and Troy Aikman said it throughout the game. Boy, they're really letting these guys play. It's physical out in the secondary. And he wasn't complaining. He was just saying, making a you know comment like these guys aren't aren't throwing flags and he was okay with it. He's like, "You know what? They're playing physical. They're letting them play. I'm good with that." Well, then if that is the way you're calling the game all day, 
you got to expect guys to probably get a little grabby and clutchy in the secondary and think they're going to get away with it. Now, Kevin King yeah. was, was beat on that, and Chris Godwin is going to, or it was uh, the rookie Johnson, is, is going to make that catch if he doesn't t- tug the undershirt. Right. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, there's there's physical play, and then there's just grabbing a guy's jersey and pulling it. Like, I mean, that's that's the picture, right? Yeah. You can yes. picture that yeah. on like a front page of how like how do you miss that? So, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. You do want it called consistently for sure. That's that's the most important thing, really. At the end of the day, when you talk about officiating in any sport, is you want it called consistently from start to finish, and then you can sort of live with the results. But that one is so obvious. I was surprised the flag came in so late. I think that's part of why people were so upset about it. I think if that's more of an instant, there it is, here's the flag, and yeah. then it's so obvious, there's maybe less of a reaction to it. But at the end of the day, that specific call, they did get right. All right, we'll come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi live from Mohawk Chevrolet in Clifton Park. Break down that AFC championship game. Kind of got ahead of ourselves because I'm emotional about the Packers. Well, I know a lot of people are, are hyped up on what the Bills were able to do this season. Again, more surprising coaching decisions. And I'm hoping we'll be able to talk with the coach on the show here, Greg Gattuso, who we have in the plans, see if we can make that connection happen. And he'll, he would give us some inside bags as to, you know, is there a right and a wrong call? Is it as black and white as we fans always seem to like to make it out to be? I, I think it is. When you consider the position the, the Bills were in against that Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes break down the AFC championship game next right here on Honorado Bagnardi. This wasn't my first vehicle, so I wanted something cool, stylish, and dependable. The process was so easy and comfortable. I lead an active lifestyle, my days are busy, and I need a vehicle I can depend on and enjoy driving. As soon as I test drove the Honda Passport from Mohawk Honda, I knew it was the perfect vehicle for me. I love technology, and this Passport has it all. I'm Cassie from Boston Spa. That's my story, and this is my Mohawk Honda, where they really do go out of their way to please you. Now back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi, back with you here live from Mohawk Chevrolet in Clifton Park, right off exit nine. And we were here test driving some vehicles last week. The job Chevy has done, if you if you haven't test driven a Chevy in a while, right? If you have kind of that that old Uh, notion of what Chevrolet was. It's completely different. I'm telling you right now, if you're in the market for a new vehicle at all, check out a Chevy. The the job they have done in kind of remaking this vehicle and this brand is unbelievable. Bags, It it will blow you away. I know the same way it blew me away. I want to give an Equinox a look. Okay. Well, we'll get you, we'll, we'll have you test drive something. Katie Gattuso Duncan's the General Manager of Sales here at Mohawk Chevrolet. We'll we'll have her. We'll get you into a vehicle before the end of the week for sure to, to check it out. Uh, all right, our guy Matty Torres, who's a, a friend of the show, and we thank him for that. Brady, uh, I know, and I wonder, like, are people still tired of Brady, or is it different because he's wearing a different uniform? Do you have Brady fatigue still, or was it a Patriot thing? Well. It's there's certainly something different about it. There's definitely Brady fatigue, okay. but it's not New England. It's not Brady and Belichick, so it's not quite as bad. I think there's an added, obviously, a story element here where it's like, what's he going to do away from that? Is he going to get a ring without Belichick, not on the Patriots? So it's interesting, but it's still Tom Brady, and there is definitely still fatigue. And can you imagine if the poor Bills had gone to the Super Bowl and had to be staring against Tom Brady after all it took to finally get through that division? Um, but yeah, man, Brady, come on. It's still Tom Brady. I know. And I started, and I do like Tom Brady. You and I have talked about this a, a bunch, not necessarily on this show, but Brady to me has become 
so very likable in the last three or four years um, from his social media presence, his ability to make fun of himself and even and even accept people who make fun of him. Um, but I could feel it yesterday as he was celebrating and yelling and pumping his fist that I thought, this freaking guy again. I mean, I've, I've just had enough of this guy. And, and as a Packers fan, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is probably Rodgers' last shot. It just felt like Rodgers' last shot. There are a bunch of free agents. I won't get into it on this show, but there are a bunch of free agents on this team that aren't going to come back because they're already going to be over the salary cap and and you start talking about the penalties that the team has to pay because you're over the cap. I, this Green Bay team will not look the same next year as it did this year. It won't be as good. It won't. Okay. Well, you Listen, if you have Aaron Rodgers – Okay, you've got a chance. And also, you have a guy who people are going to want to go play for. So maybe it looks different, but this is you're going to still decide he's your guy and still build around him. You can't sit here and say he's done. He's Aaron Rodgers. What do you mean he's done? This is his last chance. That's not his last chance, man. Come on. Uh, this is a comment about Brady being as likable as, as COVID. Uh, Jeff says, tired of Bill Brady, not Brady. So there you go. Uh, and Jeff's asking, is, is he, Brady, the first to do it in two different conferences? Uh, good question. He's not. Um, Craig Morton played in the Super Bowl. What was Elway the starter? He was a Cowboy quarterback and then a Bronco quarterback. No, I believe he played in. I believe he played in the Super Bowl. I got to check that one. Uh, Manning was obviously same conference, and I'm forgetting another because Brady is the fourth guy, fourth quarterback now to lead two different teams to a Super Bowl. But I believe he's only the second Jeff to do it in different conferences. Good question. I, I the, uh, the fourth one is not jumping into my mind right now. I, I'm pretty sure it's. It's obvious, um, but Manning did it. Obviously, same conference. Craig Morton is the guy that uh, that we're talking about here. All right, let's let's get to the AFC Championship game here because I'm tired of talking about Brady. Um, Sean McDermott again is going to be on a lot of people's you know what list today because of his decisions to take field goals when the end zone is less than 10 yards away. And again, I, I say this all the time. One, I don't like kicking field goals on the road because something about the home field advantage, I'll take the points more more often than not every time I'm I'm in the the area to get them if I'm at home because I feel like I've got a little bit of an advantage there. If I'm on the road, I, I like touchdowns. Uh, but I'm more than that like touchdowns when I'm playing against the Chiefs offense. Field goals are not going to win a game against Kansas City bags. Yeah, that's just it, man. You got to play. You got to play your opponent, and you have to understand that Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball, and they are a threat to score seven every time they touch it. So you've got to keep up offensively. You've got to match them, score for. Score. You've got to worry about how many points you're going to have to get to at the end of the day. And look, the Chiefs put up 38. You have to assume coming into that game. Obviously, if they do that, you're probably going to lose. But assume heading into the game that. They're going to be at around 28 at least. So, yeah. so you've got to then plan for how many points are we going to have to get to, right? What's going to be that number? And you've got to think about that during the course of the game and say, you know what, three's not going to be enough here. And, and I look, I'm generally on the side of taking the points. But just like when we talk about with the Packers kicking the field goal there and trying to get the stop, that you know that's a different story in the regular season than it is in a playoff, certainly in the championship game. So – You've got to recognize the moment and realize, look, this isn't regular season game three is not enough. It's not, we can't just take the points every single time. Take the points, take the points. What you've got to do is go for it because it's the big spot and you're going to need to get to a certain point total. You're not going to do that at three at a time. All right, Maddie Torres wants to know, and good question here, and Maddie, I'm assuming you are talking about the, the decision by Sean McDermott to go for two in this game, which appeared curious on the surface, but the more you dive into it late last night and then today, that appears to have been the right decision. I'm not going to pretend like I'm Mina Kimes and I understand the book on going for two, when to do it, when not to do it. It's become more popular now, even in the third quarter, for coaches to go for two bags. But I will say this, 
the math works out this time. I know it's I know it seems completely backwards to go for it in that moment because it's still a three possession game if you don't kick the extra point. It, right in, in in our elementary minds, it makes sense to kick the extra point because then you're down 16 and it's a two possession game. But the math, the new math, if you will, tells coaches to go for two in that spot. We're going to see more and more of this. And I'm telling you, we're going to get overreaction to what just happened in yesterday's games bags. Coaches next year are going to go on fourth down more often. Coaches next year aren't going to settle for field goals. And coaches next year are going to go for two more often than not. It, I'm telling you, it feels like yesterday is a real turning point in how coaches are going to react next year. And I think they'll overreact. Like, they're going to swing the pendulum too far. But I think they just don't want to be on the wrong side of taking a field goal when there's a touchdown there waiting, potentially. So the way I looked at it is, you know you're going to need – uh, you know you're going to need a certain number of points. So I like going for – you're going to need a two at some point. You're going to need at least two of them. You need right? two of them. You're yeah. going to need two of them. So I like – let's try to see if we can get it right here on the first one because then if we don't, then you know, we definitely have to onside kick here as opposed to maybe trying to punt. It's like you kind of get to it sooner knowing whether or not you're going to get that too, right? And then you can kind of try to plan for if you can get yourself maybe one extra possession yeah. that you didn't know you're going to need later on because you only took the one. Then you thought, well, it's a two-score game, but then you didn't get the two maybe next time. So I don't mind going for it and just trying to get it the first time because you know you're going to need two of them. Three shots to get two is the way you're kind of looking at it. So that didn't bother me that much. And let me say, Maddie, because I know you don't you don't agree. I don't either. I don't either. And that's what makes all of this so frustrating is, one, more often than that, I just don't understand it. I, I now watch football games in the third and fourth quarter, and immediately my brain is looking at the score, and I'm trying to do the math bags. I'm trying to figure yeah. out. Is this a spot where you go for two? Well, what if they kick a field goal after this? The opponent kicks a field goal after this. Then what's the score if I go for two and I get it or I don't? What if they score a touchdown? Okay, now – so somebody is doing all the advanced math other than the head coach. If it's the head coach doing this, there's way too much on his plate. But somebody's doing all that advanced math and saying to him, we're going for well, – you got to go for two here. If you score, yeah. you got to go for two because this, that, and the other thing. You know, I can't even process it at home or at work as I'm watching these games. So you know it's a nightmare for most head coaches. And and I think they're finally starting to get some of it right based on what the book is telling these guys. Yeah. And to me, this is just this is just over analysis the day after a while. Like I get it. this has nothing to do with why they lost this game. You, you know, you can't stop Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. This seems too good. They yeah. get too many weapons. And um, they're going to be my favorites heading into the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, Chiefs can become the first team to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls since New England did it uh, in 03-04. Here's an interesting thought, too, from Jeff. Allen Mahomes, the future of the AFC Championship game. Very likely, right? I mean, look, Buffalo is – if you're a Bills fan, you feel much differently than if you're a Green Bay fan today, don't you? Because – Rodgers is 37 and talking like, nah, I've got to evaluate my options and maybe I don't want to be here next year, okay? Whereas the Bills are just on this upward climb, man. They're, they should only get better each and every year from what they were able to do. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or even get to the Super Bowl next year, but they have a lot. We talk about windows. I hate it. But they have a big window in front of them right now to win a title. Yeah, and that's the target. I mean, the target is win a championship now. You don't get to the conference championship and then the next year have a goal that isn't win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Okay, And they've made that progression. Last year, they they were a much improved team. This year, I thought they were a, a win one playoff game type of team. They won two. So now you've got that target. You've got the stud quarterback. You're building everything the right way. Next year, it's championship or bust for this Bills team, and that's the way it should be. All right, uh, Jeff asked the question. Ashley got us the answer, so thank you to her for that. Give me a second here. I'm finding it. Uh, Kurt Warner was the name I couldn't come up with. Right. Of course, the Shams and the Cardinals, yes. But Ash also did the research and, and backed up what I thought was true, was that Brady and Morton are the only two guys to win conference championship games in each conference. So at least, at least Brady isn't first to do that, but a 10th Super Bowl at 43 years old for Tom Brady. And my question, I threw this out last night too, 
is this the matchup everybody wanted to see anyway? Brady and Mahomes, right? Like if, if just at the beginning of the postseason, you said, what's your dream quarterback matchup in a Super Bowl? I would think most people landed on this. Uh, Rodgers Mahomes was sexy too, but but Brady and Mahomes for everything. That's that's an easy sell if you're CBS, which has the Super Bowl. It's pretty good, man. You know, Rodgers Mahomes. You're right. That would have been really really good. But Brady has those extra storylines around him that other guys just don't have. He's got the history here. You said it. It's his 10th time going. So, yes, this this is the sexiest matchup for them. It would have been really interesting if it was uh, Brady against the Pats, but that was never going to happen this year. When you look at the AFC, yeah, man, this was the matchup. Get Patrick Mahomes back in the Super Bowl, see if they can be going for back-to-back titles. Yeah, man, this is what the NFL would have wanted for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, I see Coach Catuso has popped in. Coach, if you can hear us, just give me a thumbs up. All right, he can hear us. Let's take a commercial break. We're going to try to figure out these technical issues we've had here so far today. But uh, Coach is, is set to join us next on Honorado and Bagnardi. We'll, we'll not only preview the UAlbany football season ahead. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to play college football in the spring. And this uh, – Coach will shake his head vehemently. This is kind of perfect. we got college football in the fall. We're going to get it in the spring the way things have lined up here in the Capital Region with UAlbany coming off a program-defining – season last year winning an ncaa tournament game we'll try to get the coach in the conversation i know he's got thoughts about yesterday's games as well we'll do that next right here on honorado and bagnardi i lead a busy lifestyle and wanted a vehicle with the space i need and loaded with bells and whistles dre was fun to work with and found a great deal for me to find new roads at mohawk chevrolet and right now you should reserve your 2021 silverado because we can't keep them in stock during truck month at mohawk chevrolet or cash in on 0.9 financing on select 2020 models for up to 72 months right now during truck month at mohawk chevrolet i'm kimmy from clifton park and that's my story and this is my mohawk chevrolet where they always go out of their way to please you. So, what does Capcom have that your bank doesn't? You'll love our lower fees and great rates and a team of financial experts who put you first. What's not to love? We even make it easy to switch. Visit us and open your account today. And find out what it's like to bank where you matter most. Now back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Back on Honorado and Bagnardi, driven by Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet. And uh, we've been working through some technical stuff here, so we're going to give it a shot. Always like to preempt it with that. Coach Gattuso has uh, been kind enough to hop on with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi. As we get ready for a college football season, what, March 5th is the opener, I believe. It's a Friday night. And you imagine how cold it might be in Albany, New York, for something like that. But uh, let's bring the let's bring the coach into the conversation here. And coach, I hope you can hear us and see us. First of all, man, how are you? Thanks for taking the time. And uh, just give me your overall thoughts on what you saw yesterday in those two conference championship games. Well, I you know I wasn't surprised by the Kansas City win. I know everybody would love to see Buffalo in around here, but I just think Patrick Mahomes is, is um, the best quarterback on the planet right now, and it's really, really difficult to pick against a top quarterback, and, and I just think the guy's the best there is. So I wasn't surprised by the game there. And, you know, I thought the Packer game in the, uh, with Tampa was, was kind of a, a lot of mistakes on both sides, and it was, it was, a, it was a strange kind of game. For having two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, I thought it was a little bit rough for both quarterbacks. But it was, you know, big stage. And, um, but it's all in all, I, I think the right teams were in the Final Four, and I think that the right two right now are in the finals. You guys there? I'm here, Coach. I'm here. I'm here. Um, all right. So I, I know we had a chance, the two of us and Shawnee involved, to talk about those games. Um, all right. So let me ask you about the season you have ahead here, because I know we're having difficulty even hearing you a little bit. Um, 
you didn't know exactly if you'd play in the fall. Then the decision comes, you're not going to play games. Now it's okay. Are we even able to practice? Do we practice in pods? Do we? Are we even allowed to have workouts? Give us a little bit of background, then we'll get into how you are preparing for actual games because they're on the schedule. What you've been able to do since the decision was that you wouldn't play games um, and how difficult really it's been to keep guys in shape and really their football skills sharp. It's been a, a massive challenge in all regards. In our world of football, in the, in the, in the small world of football, this has been um, – I've never been around anything that's happened like this. There's no kind of script for it. There's no uh, precedent for it. It's not like you can pick up the phone. And, you know, I, I've gotten some great information from some head coaches around um, in the BCS and FBS I've talked to and getting some input from some people. But at the end of the day, you know, it's all team-specific because everybody's had different things. We – we didn't get a lot of working out done in the fall. We, we had a lot of issues and pauses, um, but I, I will credit our kids and, t- and say that, that, you know, we've, we've seen them. They're starting to train now and, and the majority of them have been training hard and look good. Um, we have a few guys that, that didn't, you know, that sat on the sofa for COVID, but that's going to be expected. So I, I think the biggest takeaway for me is just, you know, we're preparing every day, just taking it one day at a time. We've been trying to do that all the way through and we're spending a lot of time, um, worried about our injuries, worried about our players' health, but at the end of the day, we're, we're excited about playing on March 5th. All right, Coach, so how much do you then allow yourself to really think about March 5th? Do you do you approach this with any caution or hesitancy, or do you have to just go one speed, and if something gets in your way and you, there's a positive case, or even a team, right? And that's the thing. I'm not just talking about your team. It's, it's other teams yeah, as well right. need to stay healthy. So how do you approach this? How much caution? Or do you just say, you know what? Let's be as safe as we can be, take care of what we can control, and, and we need to prepare like we're going to play no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally talked to the team today about we can only control ourselves and our effort and how we adhere to the university and state rules. We can't control anything else. So I, I think for us, we want to be great every day. You know, we have that little tagline of win the day, and that that really is important right now. So, you know, we're emphasizing mask and, and hand washing in small groups and staying out of those big groups, you know, and, and doing it every day because, you know, the nose showing or – Halfway down is, is, isn't acceptable. And, you know, if we want to play football, our only chance is to be extremely committed because um, – and at the end of the day, no matter what you do, this, this virus can get you. You know, I mean, it, it, it's there's just no way to right now to stop it. And um, But we certainly can do everything we can to limit the damage or, or to, to, to not put ourselves in bad situations, which I think is the most important thing. So, you know, that's what we're doing. We, we can't worry about anything else, you know. Today we were able to, you know, the wind died down. We were able to get out and do a walkthrough today. The kids are training on the field with the weight coach, and it's a good day. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to do that again tomorrow. And, Coach, I'll let you go on this um, because I I can't wait till we're in a studio of some sort together. You and I have talked a ton about this. We're Zoomed out, man, enough. Like, we are – we're personal <laughs> contact people, you and I. Um, and so when we get in studio, I, I, I still want to pick your brain about, you know, what you spent your time doing in quarantine, some of the best things and worst things you watched while you were in quarantine. You and I are both big TV movie people. Sean is as well. So that will be a fun conversation to have. But I know you have a meeting coming, and I'll let you go on this question. Given all that you accomplished last year as a program, you know how this works, right? And I think you've even given me the quote here that sometimes you are um, a product of your own success. You, you, you say it better than me. It's like you know, the, the, your success becomes a problem sometimes even because the expectations uh, are, are so high coming off a year like last year. All of that said, though, you've got your quarterback back and pieces around him. Uh, more than Jeff Undercuff or even. What is it about this team that excites you and lets you believe, you know what, even though we may not have a postseason, we can still do some really good things on the football field this year? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't mind expectations. I lo- You know, expectations just means that we had a good year last year. So I'm not I'm not down on that at all. I, I think the biggest thing for us is, is you know, we lost that time and, you, it, you know, it feels so long ago since we were in the playoffs. And and um, we the, the best part of 2019 was the chemistry and the and the and the group of people that we've been able to put together. And, and I, you know, I've always had the one thing I really, truly believe in my heart is everybody talks about chemistry, chemistry, this and chemistry, that. 
But the truth of the matter is very few people actually live that chemistry and, and that character of the program. And I think that um, that we live it. You know, the, our kids right now, I got a lot of confidence in them that they're doing – the majority of them are doing the right things. And the ones that are trying to slip through the cracks are hearing it from the other guys. We see it on the practice field every day. So, you know, we, we've taken a lot of time to build this – this um, culture around our program and we live it. And that's what I like about this football team the most. That's what we learned in 2019. And I don't expect that to go away. So we're excited. We just want to get some practice in so we can start taking care of ourselves a little better. All right, buddy. I appreciate you joining us here on the show as we uh, fought through some technical stuff, man, stay healthy. Uh, and I know we'll see each other in person uh, with a mask, of course. Uh, very soon. And I know I got to watch Queen's Gambit. It's on my list. I promise. Thank you, yeah, coach. You know, look, there's no way in the world that that sounds good, but it's an incredibly good show. So give it a shot. All right. Hey, coach Craig Gattuso from UAlbany, of course, with us here on Honor Auto Bagnardi. Thank you, coach. Thank you. As we work through some of those technical issues, coach has a meeting he's got to get to. So we wanted to let him go. Um, but yeah, I mean, exciting stuff. Like, it's weird. I was thinking about this the other day, maybe a week ago or so. You know, we got to watch uh, the Power Five conference football season play out, and now we're going to get to cover college football. It's it's kind of the best of both worlds here in a weird way. I know it's the, the schedule is not something Greg would ever sign up for again, uh, but now the CAA, which is the conference you all when he plays in, gets the spotlight all to itself. Yeah, man, we're going to have – it's like we had nothing for so long – and then things came back slowly. And it's like, now we're just going to have this dump down. We're going to have like everything in this short period of time. But you're right. It's, it's exciting just to have it back in whatever form it can be and however many games you can get in. Just having it back, it just it just feels like a weight off your shoulders of like, okay, we're, we're finally coming around here on this thing. Yeah, the one thing we haven't talked about is being in New York State. The governor uh, just last week on Friday gave clearance for high school sports, the high-risk sports. So uh, basketball, wrestling, hockey, and then football after that, lacrosse after that, he's given clearance for those sports to start February 1st. So you're right. It's it's all kind of kind of get dumped on us at once. But we lived through a time not long ago where we had nothing. So if it's all or nothing, we'll take it. We're going to take all. There's no doubt about it. All right. I want to I want to hear from some people who are watching bags. I want to get your thoughts on this, too. Is Aaron Rodgers done in Green Bay? Did we see him yesterday for a final time wearing that green and gold? I've got my answer. And I think it's different than what a lot of people are feeling this morning based on what Rodgers had to say post game yesterday. That's next on Honorado and Bagnardi. Depressed, overworked, job sucks, underappreciated. When life sucks, just say Dillagaff. Our clothing line puts the FU back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dillagaff isn't just an attitude, it's a lifestyle. Some people ride the crazy train, we drive that mother. Check out our selection at DillaGaffUSA.com. Now back to Honorado and Bagnardi. We're driven by Mohawk Honda, Mohawk Chevrolet. We're live at Mohawk Chevrolet. We're coming up on the end of the month. Want to get this in for people who are thinking already about Valentine's Day. I'm in a tough spot because you got Valentine's Day and you got a birthday close to one another for Ash. That's right off the heels of Christmas. I mean, we couldn't we couldn't spread this thing out a little bit. I'm the same boat with the birthday right near Valentine's. Oh, you are. March second's the birthday. Oh, so here's what you do, Bax, because one of our sponsors, Frank Adams Jewelers, has a great January sale going on. Okay. So go see Kimberly and Billy Joe. 
and uh, and tell them you're there for the January sale. Goes through the end of the month in Stuyvesant Plaza, and do a little jewelry. And you know what? If you go to Frank Adams, the stuff is so good, you can do the combo. Hey, this is Valentine's Day and birthday. That's that's how good their stuff is. Yes, you're shaking her head now, so I'm not sure how good of a plan that is. Yeah. But if the stuff is good, you might be able to sell. Well, I thought maybe if I float it out there, uh, right. Ash would be kind of our, our case study. Right. Uh, Rockman's weighing in with his Super Bowl prediction. You said you were leaning Chiefs. Rockman says 38-31 Chiefs. Yeah, I don't know that it'll be that high scoring, but I like where his head's at. A one-score game, it, it'll be close. It, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it got there either point total. This is a pretty good pick here for Frankie. Uh, and early on, the Chiefs are a three-point favorite. That's how they yeah. opened, three-point favorite. Um, and the number, I think, was 57. The over-under, the total was was 57. Yes, yes, Maddie. Speaking of Valentine's Day, Jordan Love, which is, it's like he's a professional here, which is segueing us into the conversation as to whether or not we think Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. When they drafted Love, everybody immediately went to Rodgers' contract and thought, okay, when can the Packers get out of this without owing him or without taking a salary cap hit, right? No dead money. Yep. The answer to that is after next year. Okay. But if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're unhappy with this situation, you could certainly force a trade. There could be – Maybe a mutual parting of ways. I don't know if the Packers are going to sign up for that the way the Lions signed up for it with Matthew Stafford, but maybe Rodgers could go to Mark Murphy, who's president and CEO, Brian Gutenkust, who's the general manager, and say, guys, this just, we've come to the end of the road. We know what the eventual outcome is, and that is Jordan Love, the starting quarterback. That's why you drafted him in the first round. Let's just do it now. We can both move on to whatever the next phase is. And what what did Rodgers say after the game that has some Packers fans concerned? Yeah, basically it was like, you know, I don't know what uh, the future holds for me. It, 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 was, it was not coded in any way. You could easily read between the lines. But, but here's my opinion on it. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the Packers quarterback next year. Um, unless he looks at this roster and decides – there's not enough talent to win. And I don't think he's going to look at it that way. Um, but what he did last night was say, I've not always been treated the best here. Providing support for me has not always been the priority in Green Bay. So I'll play some mind games here and I'll float it out there that maybe I'm not that happy. Maybe I'm ready to move on or at least explore those options. And you get people in the Packers front office to sweat a little bit, which is what they caused him to do this offseason by drafting his supposed replacement. So I think it's a little bit of turning the tables here more than it is Rodgers having thought so far ahead that, you know what, this might have been my last year anyway. Okay. For starters, I would say that in general, you can take what somebody says after a difficult playoff loss and just throw it out the window, right? Yep. Because emotions come into play from all across the spectrum, and you don't know exactly the intent of why he might be saying something he might be saying. You don't know if it's just his emotion speaking as opposed to his head speaking, right? So you've got to take all that into account, take into account the timing. Um, so I'm going to throw that right out although i do agree with you there might be some gamesmanship here with the packers yeah. and, and even that given the timing of it i would still set aside right if it continues then okay maybe you've got something to work with here uh something to deal with if you're the packers i agree with you that he will be the starting quarterback of the packers next year but he's the mvp and we've seen it we see it more in the nba but certainly guys who are of a certain star power, a certain skill level can decide uh, where they play more than other guys. Um, let me ask you this. Would you be, would you prefer a, uh, a trade for Deshaun Watson or something along those lines? If it meant, you know, you get your quarterback of the future in a, in a deal that, that Rogers ends up leaving, or would you rather just try to build around this guy and keep him in? Aaron Rodgers would be my quarterback until he decided to stop playing football, whenever that is. Okay. Do you think Patriots fans are looking around today and saying, you know what, 
Good thing we got rid of that Brady guy. No, he's in the Super Bowl, okay? I am not going to be the general manager that trades Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to be the general manager that cuts Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to do it. And I know that for financial and age reasons, at some point it will make sense to do that. I couldn't handle it. There's no way because I'm not willing to see him win in another uniform the way Brett Favre did. And our guy, Matty, points it out. Favre went to the Jets. He'll take Rodgers this time. And Ash said it. He's going to be the reigning MVP. It's just what you said. He'll be the quarterback next year. I wouldn't. Brady's 43. If Rodgers wants to play till he's 43, 44, 40, I would continue to give him what I think is the necessary support for him to be at his absolute best. I wouldn't want him taking the path of Brett Favre. They should have learned that lesson, although it did work out pretty well in Green Bay's favor here, right? They got another 14 years out of another great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I don't think the difference is Favre toyed with the idea of retirement so often that he, he at times put Green Bay in a position of like, we need to be ready because this guy's going to retire at any moment. And in fact, he did it and then wanted to come back. So if Rodgers isn't playing games to that degree, I'm in the camp of keeping him for as long as possible. Let's say Rodgers says he wants out 100%. You got to move me, right? He's not going to be happy there. Not what, what then is your approach? I see. So you, you asked me the Deshaun Watson question. Yeah. yeah. In other words, would you rather roll with a guy like Jordan Love, right? Or if you could get something better for Rodgers to try to make that move at quarterback as opposed to maybe something else and investing in the young guy and get something else for Rodgers. I'm going with love, right? I mean, my talent evaluators told me he was worth drafting in the first round. If, if it's Rodgers uh, or if it's, you know, somebody from the outside or love, give me, give me Jordan love. Here's the advantage too. And this gets talked about a lot. He would be on a rookie contract. A lot of teams win Super Bowls with quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Why? Because they aren't taking up $35 million of your salary cap. You can spend everywhere else and just hope that the quarterback kind of pans out. So I would roll the dice with love because all your talent evaluators told you this is a guy worth getting in the first round. This is a guy who can become a franchise quarterback. Yeah, like, so, Sam, like Sam Darnold. Yeah, but here's the difference. Green Bay has competent coaching. Okay. Uh, Your thought, Deshaun Watson, where does he end up? We'll do this a thousand times, I'm sure, between now and when he actually is out of Houston. Do you think there's any chance he goes back to Houston? We start there. Yes. Okay. If he doesn't, where does he end up? Jets. Look, he, he... he didn't. This stuff always gets leaked, and I'm sure it's an agent leaking it because that's the, that's the game we play. His top two teams, one, Jets, two, Dolphins. So I think there's a real possibility that you guys get Deshaun Watson playing quarterback next year. Well, if you're the Jets and the Dolphins are on the table, you've got to go that extra mile to make the move. Similar to Brooklyn with the Harden deal, it's almost like, well, if he's going to go to Philadelphia if we don't make the move, it's like that puts that added pressure on you. You can't let him go there. So that might be the difference. Okay. Not that the Jets are going to pay attention to what the Brooklyn Nets did, but no, but, but, but is there a lesson to be learned that maybe trading for James Harden wasn't the best move? <laughs> yeah. Yes, but it's different. You know what I mean? It, that, that's because of what the it, – it's a I bad move maybe for them. That's because of what they had and what they had to give up. But getting the Sean Watson when you already have nothing else there as opposed to the Nets who have half talent and had to give up real talent to get him, that's where it's different. Yeah, and to Ash's point, look, you're talking about the number two and the number three overall pick. In my mind, anyway, those picks would have to go to Houston. I'm not trading to Sean Watson if I'm not getting those picks, number two from the Jets or number three. Right. Uh, from the Miami Dolphins. So those are the assets that become so valuable this time of year with uh, mock drafts coming out, and and we'll talk about those certainly as we get closer to the end of April. We didn't squeeze any Nets talk in. I'm, I'm, well, you you, I just you got a little bit in. Not like we've kind of paid a little too much attention to them lately, so I'm glad we didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, one more here before we before we jump on out of here. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and I had a – Pretty spirited conversation at work with somebody about Tua Tugavailoa the other day that 
I have my real concerns with him because the question was, if you're Houston, would you rather get the number two pick in Sam Darnold or the number three pick in Tua? And I thought, I think the second pick and Sam Darnold. Darnold is built more like an NFL quarterback than Tua is, and I'll take my chances on that. Darnold's got crazy turnover issues, I know, and Tua doesn't, but the size and the strength from Tua's perspective worries me if I'm going to try to build around a guy like him. Yeah, that's a close one for me, but I think if I'm with you, I'd rather have Donald than the two. Yeah. And and there's nothing, there's literally nothing really from his NFL body of work to support our claim on that. It's just kind of the look of him and, and what he's potentially able to do on a football field. Right. All right, so I am going to squeeze in one comment about Brooklyn. Please. Terrible in the two games against Cleveland, right? Um, terrible. And and you got you got Durant sitting out the the back a back to back. It's they're driving me nuts. Better against Miami the other night, but this is going to be okay. A Miami team that didn't have Jimmy no Butler Jimmy and didn't Butler. have Tyler Hero. No, and Bam and, goes and for forty-one. Correct. And they got Miami again tonight. But just a, a quick point on this: it's going to be a long haul for this team to really mesh these pieces together. This is not going to be an overnight thing. Now they'll they'll win enough games on the talent alone, but for us to really see wow these pieces are clicking together, do not expect this to happen overnight. Because what's, they don't play enough defense for, to, for that to be the case. What's their answer for Anthony Davis? Kevin Durant? I don't know. My buddy, our buddy Brian Cody texted me over the weekend and uh he said get to Rivers and hammer the Nets to win the title. Hammer it, he said. Okay, so he's high on what Brooklyn can potentially do. Our guy codes. All right, thanks for watching, everybody. Live from Mohawk Chevrolet here in Clifton Park, uh, our presenting sponsor on Honorado and Bagnardi. We've got a. Well, I hate this wait. I wish they'd just play the Super Bowl the week after these championship games, but we get two weeks, and a deciding factor may be. We'll talk about this on the next show because I think you'll poo-poo it. Tampa at home. Kansas City's travel plans aren't to go to Tampa Bay until the day before the Super Bowl. That going to have an effect on how we see these two teams play February 7th in Florida? Perhaps. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. <laughs> Bag says no on Honorado and